If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Whatever Next podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Addie, and I'm here with your co-hosts, Joe and Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm Joe. And today we are recording our last episode of this year, and we thought it would be a good idea to have a little reflection episode um, and kind of talk about how we feel about what we've done so far, what our biggest challenges have been, and what we find rewarding and, and valuable, and also what we're looking forward to for the coming year. We've come full circle for our first year. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. How are you guys feeling about our for coming up on our first birthday? Well, we started having chats on the 1st of December 2020, so I guess we've had, what, a year when it was an idea and then it sort of progressed from there, which is really exciting. I know. I was listening to um, some of the old audio clips. Should we just start off the episode listening to one of them? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay. And then you said that thing last week about being like the perpetual child within like the adoption mm-hmm. um, thing. Like, I think, yeah, that's a narrative that gets quite fixed and it's like about being an adult yeah. and being adopted. Um but I don't, I don't know how you would um, kind of shape that or, like, turn it into a thing. Because I think it would be nice to do something with this. Yeah. Like, these conversations, be it, like, an article, a podcast, or, like, a... Yeah, um, just, like... Yeah. Soundbite, even. Um, like, what shall we do? <laughs> yeah, because we do have... It's... I mean, it's ours yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. So sweet. Oh, when was that recorded? Um, that was recorded on December 3rd at Joe's apartment. We were all sitting on the floor eating pasta, I think. Cottage um, pie or shepherd's pie? Or Oh yeah, no, you're right. It was uh, shepherd's pie. <laughs> Great memory. Yeah, it was just after a birthday, Addy. I remember you were in a little um, party hat that Hannah had left over from a flatmate's birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we also had the your Reese's Pieces advent calendar. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> on the 1st of December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> empty oh <laughs> uh, but it's crazy to think like i mean this project it was completely unintended and that it's just snowballed and come so far <laughs> i know what did you say in the audio clip to make it into um like what if we made it into an article or a podcast or audio bits and we did all of them <laughs> <laughs> right look at us and we won an award oh and yeah just done award. that yeah we recently <laughs> won the creative edinburgh student award for 2021 Took our award out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I think snowballs the perfect, really, description of saying sort of our experience because it's just a a few ideas just trickling in, then suddenly, (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like we're in an avalanche, but (laughs) sorry, an avalanche. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What do you think was like the most unexpected part of this year for you? Um. Getting the student award, I think that was really unexpected for me um, because 
because there were other amazing projects right by us and it was just really lovely to get that surprise. I think none of us really went into this with any idea about where it would go other than like, let's, lol, let's just see. And I think to have the responses that we've had and I think getting, you know, some of the messages that you've had about people who've actually found what we're doing helpful, not to blow our own tune and all that. But um, I mean, I think that's what this project is in most parts. It's like a Trojan horse and it's that thing where I think it has been a good vehicle for some people to start difficult conversations and that's just really amazing to see. And it's also really amazing to have connected with adoptees around the world that we wouldn't have had not been for this project. Yeah, that's that's one thing that keeps me excited. And I mean, yeah, when we started it, we kind of started it, I feel like, to help initiate conversations. Yeah, just between like ourselves and helping our, for me, it helped me kind of articulate my feelings and thoughts about adoption in general, just like through my own head. But hearing like feedback from other adoptees who listen to our conversations um, and questions and stuff and hearing them say that listening to us has helped them initiate their own conversations in their own life is amazing to me. So I'm like, we're not just throwing throwing things into into the void and <laughs> for no reason. And <laughs> Do you think there's still some conversations that are hard to have? Um, for me, I still find it hard to like... It's not really like a conversation, but just um, in like microaggression interactions from strangers. I find it a bit hard still to kind of think on my feet and to like stand up for myself in the moment. <laughs> but uh, I'm working on it. And, but yeah, that's that's still a bit difficult for me. Yeah, I mean, there are so many topics about um, adoption, which I'm still learning. I mean, I'm still out, but when we had our chat with, philosopher um on their podcast about the ethics of adoption that really got me sort of starting to think about that kind of side or that side of adoption and I think that there's still a lot for me to process and then then think about and then be able to chat with other people about that are there any um conversations that really stand out to you like what's your favorite one being so far open question (laughs) (laughs) um hmm, there's so many I don't know. Yeah, I think that some of the first conversations that we had or that I had with my friends, um, like with my other adoptee friends um, and with my mom, I I feel like they're still some of my favorite ones because to me, they they were just so, so genuine and like raw that because we didn't really know what we were doing with them that I don't know. I just really like the way that we recorded the, the original ones. What about you guys? Open question. Yeah, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just following on from your answer, just the initial conversations after starting up whatever next, or just thinking, oh yeah, we've got this idea, and I think they're the most memorable for me because it's sort of it's the sort of first time, sort of me letting them into yeah my thoughts about adoption or just having that initial conversation. And then what about you, Joe? Um, oh, definitely Hester's. Um, I love her so much. And I think it's that's one of the amazing things that come out that has come out of this project, like those conversations and especially that one with her. But I also I enjoyed the one that I had with my parents as well. I think that's like you're saying, Addie, um, it's not that we feel to ourselves now, but I think it was I think raw is the right word. And because there wasn't I, I think we we all do this, we kind of gum up a little bit with second we see the light on the microphone. But I think like those ones that were just on our phones and it was, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just, 
It was different. Yeah, yeah it was different. Um, yeah. And it also pushed me out of my comfort zone when it comes when it came to talking to people about it as well, which I think was good for good for me. Yeah. A part of me wants to kind of go back to that way of recording, but it's, I mean, it's just a learning process for me to trying to speak like naturally and fluidly and not try to filter myself when I know we're being recorded like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kind of like fall back onto train tracks because I think it's something that I notice myself doing where like if I've said something before, I'll like go back onto it because I kind of know how the sentence ends. And that mm. isn't how I actually think or feel. It's just like what's coming out of my mouth at the minute. Um, yeah. So I'd like to kind of move myself off that. Like a default answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think mm. I, it does come a bit mechanical, doesn't it? Because I think also because we've done so many talks as well and it's that thing where we're covering our basic material, um, which is something that you have to do as part of it. But it does, you end up with a bit of a script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find myself doing that like when we have the webinars, especially mm-hmm. Um, like in a room or Zoom <laughs> of, yeah, people that we haven't met before. Yeah, I definitely find myself falling back onto like a whatever next script, mm-hmm. which I feel like sometimes leaks into like our podcast episodes for me, yeah. um, which I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but that has definitely been a learning curve for me this year, just getting used to listening to my voice recorded in general. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, looking into the future how do you think we can change um change tracks or not fall back on the same one same conversations it's confidence isn't it and it's actually like doing the homework yourself and um like sitting looking in the mirror and being like why do you actually feel this way and do you actually feel this way or are you just saying what you think people want to hear mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah definitely getting that thought out of my head thinking like what are what are people going to think about this or what do I think other people want to hear me say or trying to please the audience kind of thing yeah Yeah, I think we're doing all right but yeah we've been doing good so far (laughs) (laughs) and what's some cards for the future oh god (laughs) 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 oh my god what if we in like a year from now and we're listening back to these episodes and they're like Oh, they were just so, they were so raw and genuine. And like, look at us now. <laughs> we're, we're even more robots. <laughs> 21st century. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess we're going to keep learning on um, how to be business people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just landing on the hoofer, aren't we? But yeah, no, next year we've got, um, hopefully we'll get our shit together and we'll get registered and um have a couple we've got a couple more projects on the on the back burner that will hopefully come into fruition I know I wish we could talk about them (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned to find out more (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I'm really excited um if we're going to have more guests on I feel like we can open more conversations more doors to other conversations and different methods of yeah just um experimenting really what we can do because we're still in the really early ages so get Hester back yeah 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 we can have her on our um she can have her own reflection episode <laughs> <laughs> you should do that is it the vanity interview with Billie Eilish or something and they do a recording every year yeah yeah I've seen it and they ask the exact same questions and um what kind of questions do they ask her I just know that one's like who's the most famous person in your contact I don't know why I know that. I think it keeps coming up on Instagram reels, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
who's the most famous person that we're in contact contacts (laughs) um (laughs) jackie k okay yeah Yeah. that's true (laughs) jackie k secretary yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then next year it'll be jackie k (laughs) yeah she'll be in the interview she'll be in the podcast how embarrassing if she listens to this I know right? <laughs> hi Jackie if you're listening are we still enjoying what we're doing do you think I am I think there's so much ground we still haven't covered like we barely scratched the surface and I think in a way that's the curse of social media that there isn't as much room for kind of some of the underbelly of, of the issues that we've talked about but yeah I, I don't know I, I, I just feel like we've got a lot more of the space to run and I I'm looking forward to it to getting down to it yeah me too mm. what do you think have been like the hardest parts of, of doing whatever next this year and kind of it yeah snowballing into like a full-time <laughs> full-time side job <laughs> funding I think getting funding is uh, the biggest hurdle at the minute because as much as I love doing this it does it takes a lot of time and emotional labor that I will very happy to do but at the same time my rent doesn't um appreciate that um but I think yeah emotionally I think there is a lot of um human cost behind that and it's one of those ones that like it's not much but it can sort of ship away at you and especially when we're doing webinars and seminars with adopted parents and stuff and you're referring back to your own personal experiences it's quite a lot and it can leave you feeling a bit drained but again it's you know it's something that we've all signed up for and we're happy to do but I think also navigating those boundaries um is a bit of a tightrope walk sometimes yeah have you how have you been able to balance um everything with your with your being in your last year of uni Hannah um <laughs> honestly <laughs> very unevenly <laughs> it's nearly toppled over <laughs> yeah I think that's definitely one of the hardest things about doing yeah this project as well as my dissertation and other course and Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I am still figuring out how to balance it properly. But yeah, uni, you've got lectures and then you'll have an assignment or a midterm. And then that's, yes, it's kind of structured, but then with whatever next, because it's exciting that we don't really know what we're doing, but also kind of nerve-wracking. It means that you can't really predict it and it's quite hard if there's, say, a deadline and then more whatever next things. But but working with you two, it's been really lovely and you've sort of understood that and really accommodated to that. So thank you. Mm. Yeah, I think we work um, really well as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I think one of the other things that has been a bit hard with this project, and we had a post about it on social media, um, but it's that thing about how do you navigate telling our own stories without kind of exploiting them? And mm-hmm. especially as we do more kind of webinars and media focused things, like that journalist approached us wanting to write an article without kind of leaning into that glorification of like trauma and 
like the highs and lows because I think it can be reductive and it is also slightly exploitative to those involved. Yeah, it, it the expectation of of just being willing to share the most intimate part of our adoption journeys on the spot for an article or like an interview. And we did kind of experience experience it a little bit this year as more people have started to reach out to us, um, which is good because in a way, because we do get more exposure for um, whatever next in our project. But yeah, it has been, we have been caught in like um, a fork in the road of, of like, how should we play this one? <laughs> if they're going to ask about birth searching um, questions and stuff like that. Adi, how have you found it um, balancing whatever next in all of your studies as well? For me, it's, I kind of, the most difficult part of like balancing is, um, and setting boundaries is not letting to-do lists and also uh, emotions about like adoption, like kind of never leave my head. Like once we leave the meetings, I find myself still thinking about like adoption in general, like almost like pretty much like every day. Cause we're like, we talk about whatever next every day and, and I love it, but yeah, I find myself like, how do I turn it off? I don't, I don't know how to turn it off. But at the same time, like, it gives me a lot of energy to like work on many projects within whatever, whatever next. So I, I'm still working out how to, how to balance it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. In the process, <laughs> <laughs> especially with the social media stuff and Instagram. How do you decompress after these meetings? Then is there a way or? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> if it's something that was more like mentally taxing, because this isn't, I mean, this is like enjoyable because it's just us. But if it's something that's, I have to put a lot of like effort and energy into like, um, being like prepared to speak for a webinar, um, or something, then I don't know, <laughs> eat food and <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> How do you decompress? Um, yeah, I think putting my mind onto something else. Or I think if I'm ever stressed, I play the piano or something. I, I find that's quite relaxing. But I think that's something which I need to work on if I ever get to a um, if I ever get quite stressed or because that that's bound to happen in the future. So working it out now would be good. How about you, Joe? Um, no me, my spider solitaire. <laughs> the one thing that I like about whatever next and what we're doing is that we can always remind ourselves like we're this is our project and nobody's forcing us to do it. And we can always take breaks and stop whenever we want to or work on it as much as we want and then randomly stop and, and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna die or <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it'll be okay. Because, yeah, we're not tied to, like, a nine-to-five schedule and having, like, a boss lean over our shoulders every day asking where the work is <laughs> because we're in charge for of this. We are the work. We are the work, yeah. Work in progress. <laughs> Have any of your thoughts on adoption changed since we started Web Next? I think my idea of what coming out of the fog is have changed since we started because my initial understanding of like coming out of the fog was that when you were in the fog, you didn't really think about adoption at all, which is still, which still rings true. But when you're out of the fog, that means that like you're done 
processing adoption and that like you understand everything 100% um, and that's you and there's nowhere else to go after that. I feel like after working on like whatever next and um, in the past year, I feel like it's, there's not really an end in a good way. Like we're always changing and developing and I wouldn't really consider myself like completely out of, out of the fog because I don't think we'll ever be, I don't know. And, and not in like a, well, <laughs> we're always going to be in the fog kind of way, but like, we're always, there's always something new to learn and there's not really like a, a point a sad point where you can be like okay I'm done now oh just following on from that I I feel like because there isn't an end it makes it harder to show um people if we're applying for funds etc what the potential is or to set proper aims because it's something like the boundaries there are no boundaries or they're always changing and it's yeah hard to show that have any ideas about adoption of change for you Joe? I didn't realise the extremities within the adoptive community in terms of views and opinions. And I I don't think I had any idea of the presence on social media that there is that there are these adoptive communities online and that those kind of the potential that those hold for good and bad. Yeah. What's an example for the polar opposite? Just between like the adoption is love and adoption is trauma camps. Yeah, and I think level ritual sometimes that feeds into these. It boggles my mind because, like, seeing accounts, like, post such, like, heavy and, like, I don't know how to say this, but, like, constantly, like, over and over again, I don't know where they can find the, how it doesn't drain them. I think, in a way, it's what we do as well, but it's that exercising of, like, a very private emotional journey on, like, a very public forum, which is sometimes uncomfortable or slightly yeah boggling to watch um and maybe that's just like my British sensibility feeding into that but that's not something that I think Hannah or I have really experienced in terms of like other adoptees sharing their thoughts and feelings like that yeah yeah and just putting it out there in the world yeah I, that's something I'm still figuring out too like how do we understand vulnerability but in such a public way because mm-hmm. I feel like in some mm-hmm. cases it's super positive and like can change a lot of people if like there's like I mean like but all the TED talks that exist (laughs) (laughs) that's public vulnerability sharing personal stories but at the same time where do where does that fit when it's like it can be like kind of more destructive than like helpful like um, Mm. all the Instagram posts well Um, like it could be helpful for others but destructive in a way for you Mm. Yeah. That's one of those things as well with no perfect answer, isn't it? So I feel like we're going to chase our tails over this one for quite some time to come. (laughs) A good balancing (laughs) act. We should join the circus. (laughs) What are you most proud of with Whatever Next? I think when your friend um, sent you that screenshot saying that one of our posts had really helped her engage her mum, her adopted mother, for the first time in like a conversation that didn't end in blows. I think that for me was uh, one of the most rewarding things because that's the whole point of it. Yeah. I think that was um, your birthday post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's really useful to include the screenshots of all of the different opinions that other people had written online too and to compile them into one kind of space. Uh, yeah. Space talking about the different emotions that come with for adoptees on birthdays. 
yeah, this the spectrum of diversity in opinion because it's, and I think it's easy for people to relate to to that when they can see that it's not just you know the three of us are not just yeah not just your, your child saying this it's the kind of shared and collective experience of confusion. Yeah, I I like that. I, I'm excited to include more. I like the gathering of different opinions into one post kind of thing, or even like we could do it for like a podcast episode or something. Yeah, it's really fascinating to see the different spectrum and not just look at the polar opinions out there. Mm-hmm. Instead of a splitting hairs, we'll do spectrum of hairs. <laughs> <laughs> a full head of hairs, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? What are you, what are you most proud of with Whatever Next? Oh, oh, oh. I'll say I'm proud of us. And as we have really said before, but where we have come from and where we are now with the project. It's amazing what we've accomplished in such a short amount of time. And like you said before, Joe, it's just really rewarding seeing that Whatever Next has opened up conversations. It has helped friends and um, other adoptees. And it's really lovely seeing all of that. Yeah. And I think that just gives us the motivation to carry on what we're doing. And something we're doing is okay. Was there anything that you predicted that happened in terms Ooh. of whatever next? I think I, I I always knew and expected that like our friends and our families would be supportive, but I think the level of support has been really touching. And like Ambika and Hester, they've just been like such great hype women, just so kind of wholeheartedly behind this. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing that was kind of nice and um slightly unexpected, just amount the amount of support from yeah friends and and not that I would think I'm I'm gonna dig myself into a hole <laughs> but they're <laughs> <laughs> not that you thought they would be unsupportive but they've gone above and beyond I think is yeah is what it is, <laughs> like um oh sent me a thing the other day she's got she got like a notification being like you're a number one fan of whatever next or <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, really? fan. there we go yeah well, on on, <laughs> on Facebook um, you've earned a top bag by one of the most active followers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a really lovely way of putting it. Really lovely answer. But yeah, there's a lot more, a lot more to come. Yeah, just getting started. Seeing as somebody gives us money, <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be our closing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bankruptcy. Somebody fund us. <laughs> so a mentor and funding. Yeah. <laughs> that are the two takeaways for the whole <laughs> episode. Those are our goals for 2022. <laughs> yeah, get paid. <laughs> yeah. Crying in the inside and outside. We just need whatever next sugar daddy. Exactly. Or sugar person. Sugar person. <laughs> <laughs> or sugar people. Thanks for listening. Um, Whatever Next has chosen to help support Rape Crisis Scotland uh, because of all the work that they do to help end sexual violence. They work with 17 independent local rape crisis centres spread across Scotland, as well as running a national helpline year-round to support anyone affected by sexual violence. They also work with schools to help teach consent and safe sex and campaign to change legislation and attitudes that allow sexual violence and those who practice it to prevail. Um, it goes without saying that ending sexual violence is a matter that each of us take very seriously. Um, that's why we've decided to donate the profit raised from some of the stickers that we're selling. 
link to Rape Crisis Scotland. If you want to head over to our website, um, they're on sound also through our Instagram if you just want to DM us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Whatever Next. You can find more of our episodes on Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. With thanks to Andy Blum for editing and mixing this episode, Whatever Next is produced by Solus Sounds. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>